Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. In the beauty world, nothing has caused more noise or prompted more conversation in the last few years than the rise of skin tweakments. Putting pay to the idea of serious plastic surgery and eliminating the taboos of Botox, fillers and more, it's no surprise to see the tweakment industry booming. To discuss what's going on in the tweakments market, including the latest treatments and common mistakes, I'm joined by cosmetic dental surgeon and facial aesthetics doctor, Dr. Nina Bal, and cosmetic physician and founder and medical director of Dr. BB Clinic, Dr. BB Galai. Welcome, ladies. Thanks for having us. Thank so nice you. to see you. BB, this is not our first rodeo. Dr. Nina, it's lovely <laughs> to meet you. Let's start tweakments what are they? Nina, what, what does it mean? So what I would say under the name of tweakments, we can comprehend a variety of treatments and that entail anything from medical grade skincare to uh, injectables, so the classic neuromodulator or neurotoxin, commonly known as Botox, to derma fillers, to skin boosters, to biorhythmodern treatments, to PDO threads, to laser, anything that has to do with either tackling the first signs of aging or even just improving um, inefficiently symmetry, something that you're not happy with your face. Okay. Um, Vivi, why do you think it becomes so popular recently? I think people are moving towards a really natural look rather than a kind of done and noticed look. And people are ever aware of um, achieving results that are undetectable. So they go for treatments that will create an enhancement and a rejuvenation rather than a significant alteration in their looks. And people are willing to spend because they've gone through a pandemic, they've gone through hardship. A lot of people have spent a lot of time on Zoom calls online assessing their face, stuck in the house. And they've realized that actually it's worth it to invest in protecting your skin and in keeping yourself looking your best and we've also all aged a hundred years in the last <laughs> um, protecting your skin is interesting because i think you know as we said in the intro there's a lot of taboos around plastic surgery and inverted commas but there's still a lot of taboos around botox fillers so can you just expand on that idea of protecting your skin kind of how can tweakments do that so i think a lot of um uh, the public are becoming more uh, astute in terms of uh, the fact that injectables and uh, tweakments can actually help prevent aging rather than start to make you look really different. So people are becoming aware of the concept of baby Botox, of collagen boosters, skin boosters, medical grade skincare. You know, tanning used to be so popular, whereas now SPF is popular. So it's these kind of trends in understanding what is good for em enhancing your skin health and, and making you look your best. And is it, is just like, let's debunk this myth. Is it preventative then to have Botox from a young age when those lines start to appear? Nina, like, is it really going to help you long-term? Yes, 100%. So it's sometimes I get asked, what age exactly now should I start? Well, it's not a question of age because it's just a question of clinically assess your face. Someone may benefit from micro-preventative Botox from the age of 26. Someone else may have the same clinical assessment at 31. So 
but the point is yes it just it's definitely worth uh, starting to have treatments once the lines are not static so once you start to see that the dynamic lines that you see when you actively move the muscle start to leave a tiny bit of a dent when that's exactly the perfect time to start so like anything else in life it's just all about prevention you don't wait to become ill to to take actions mm -hmm. it's all about um recently i think you know yeah just preventing aging preventing be proactive okay. instead of just waiting for aging to happen so it's not about if you've got wrinkles kind of if you go like that and raise your eyebrows it's about if they're still there once you're just in neutral it's interesting because there's this is actually a, a huge topic of controversy isn't it with with botox whether you start you wait for the wrinkles to form or whether you start treating before they form mm -hmm. i started having botox when i was 28 and at that point i remember i was just starting to get what we call dynamic lines which is when you can see lines that form on the face when you move your facial mm -hmm. muscles and actually if you start treating at that point it stops those lines from turning into static lines okay. as nina mentioned and that's really the trick is you don't want to get any static lines on your face. Mm -hmm. But actually, you still want to maintain movement. So it's a fine balance between treating the muscles and maintaining some sort of natural movement in the face. Okay. And presumably, if you go to somebody good, they're not going to allow you to get to a point, right? Like, that's just a given that we should kind of get out of the way now. Go to somebody good, somebody who knows what they're doing, and you won't have any issues with a frozen face and looking like you've had a load of work, right? Yeah, ideally you don't you don't want to look frozen. And I think um, a lot of women actually come into my clinic saying, are you sure I'm not going to look frozen? Yeah. Or that's why I'm here, I know you won't make me look that yeah. way. And actually there's this trend now towards natural looking Botox, which is Botox with a little bit of movement still in place. Okay. What is the most popular tweakment that you're seeing or kind of what's on the rise? What is the thing that most people come to you for? So I would say um, neurotoxin, so Botox still going very, very, very strong. So that it's a really, really popular treatment. But I think what people come to me perhaps is people say, you know, I'm not really sure what I want, which is actually what I love the most is when someone comes not having a pre-fixed self diagnosed treatment um, is saying I'm really open I don't know what I want I'm not happy with my face there's something off or recently especially after pandemic has been something like I see my face zoom I've never realized that when I talk um, my face is half wonky or there's something or can you help me to find out where the asymmetry comes from and what can I do mm -hmm. so that is going really strong as well and also for me having a history of having melasma myself really badly being Mediterranean I feel really strong about pigmentation and helping other women to deal with that so lots of uh, pigmentations as well okay so so laser presumably you're talking about anything to help pigmentation also counts as a tweakment mm -hmm. got you BBs you, what about you I didn't, I didn't know I could come to you and just say, fix me, sort out my face. That, that's good new information. <laughs> that's a great, um, it's a great welcome, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> sort out my face. So I think in my clinic, similarly, um, Botox is very, very popular, especially baby Botox. Skin boosters and Profilo are incredibly popular treatments. I tend to do those probably between eight to 10 times a day. And I think that's because a lot of the younger population really like those treatments mm. and they find them that they're more kind of skin treatments, less invasive. And then also uh, tear troughs. And I think that's one of the reasons is because that's one of the pathologies in the face that can make you look incredibly tired. Mm. So when it's treated, A, there's very little downtime, B, you look immediately refreshed afterwards. So that's a very popular treatment. And that is clinic. filler in your tear troughs? Exactly, it's filler in the under eye area. And that's safe? 
It is safe in experienced hands. Um, it's a very complex procedure and it can go incredibly wrong. And there are lots of complications that can occur. So I think when you're seeing somebody, it's not just important to see a medic, but it's important to see someone who does that procedure frequently. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, each of us has a, a niche, a specialty. For example, I know Nina does profiloplasty. You know, everyone has their little niche that they like to do, but there's no point in going to see a, a doctor who does mainly lips if you want your under eyes done. You need to see someone that does that particular procedure several times a day because then they can tell you about their complication rates and what's gone wrong, what's gone right, how they fix it when it goes wrong. That's, those are very important aspects of the treatment. Good advice. Profilo. People would have heard that name. Mm -hmm. What exactly is it? And is it as painful as everybody says it is? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes, it is painful. I'm super honest with my patients as I know reviews as well. And uh, I say it is painful, but it is worth it. And yeah, the reason why it is painful is because there is no anesthetic or lidocaine mix with it just to keep it super, super pure. So although I apply some topical cream um, just to be kind, but it's just the actual pressure of the product. Mm -hmm. But what it is essentially is a bioremodeling treatment. So I call it almost like a deep injectable moisturizer which does much more some people say oh how long does it last I say well that's not the right question because what it does is much more than how long it is lasting it's really creating a support into your dermis it's not gel so first of all it doesn't give you any any volume like fillers do it's almost like honey so it runs through the injection points supporting your dermis and reawakening your skin cells so it's one of the treatments where I'm very clear I say you will never see that dramatic before and after like you do with toxin like we do with fillers but it's one of those treatments that if you do it or if you don't do it then you see a huge difference mm. one two three five years down the line okay it really does you know in my experience of people who who i know who had it done it really does just plump and awaken the skin exactly. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah what exactly is skin boosters so I get asked this question a lot, as I'm sure most cosmetic doctors do, because Profilo is a type of skin booster, but the skin boosters that I use are from a brand called Tioxen, and they are hyaluronic acid. That are um, It's very, very unique because it's mixed with a bespoke um, cocktail of minerals, amino acids, antioxidants, vitamin B12, copper, and zinc. And this cocktail is bespoke to this filler. It's called Redensity One, and it's brilliant at hydrating the skin, improving the um, uh, the radiance of the skin, the turgor of the skin, and it just gives a dewy glow. So it's kind of like having microneedling, but supercharged, because you're actually infiltrating the skin with vitamins and hyaluronic acid mm -hmm. at the same time. So that's a super popular treatment, and, and I think actually it is similar to Profilo in the sense that it boosts the skin, but actually it's better for textural improvement, okay. whereas Profilo, is, it, it kind of boosts the collagen and elastin more. Got you. Okay, so Profilo will give you that long-term kind of boost, but this is more about that texture. Yeah, and actually there's... There's one significant difference in that Profilo is protocoled. Mm -hmm. So you have to have two sessions spaced a month apart. Mm -hmm. And then that gives you, some, you know, based on the evidence, about six months of results. Whereas with skin boosters, it's a much more flexible protocol. So okay. you can have them done every three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. And they're really good for acne, for um, psoriasis, for eczema, for dry skin um, and for scarring. It's really interesting. for I think there's so much, there are so many assumptions that tweakments means terrible toxins going into your skin and all, you know but it can mean exactly what you're describing which is yeah. actually you know lots of positive lovely things yeah. being injected what should people consider what do people need to think about before they come to you 
for tweakments, whether they know what it is they want or not, what are the kind of the checklist of things you need to know? So I think one of the most important things, um, and I feel very strongly about this, um, is that people should see a medic. Mm -hmm. And by medic, I mean a doctor, a dentist, or a nurse prescriber. So that's someone who will have a regulatory body that they're attached to. You know that they will be qualified. Um, You can check their qualifications. You can check that they're registered with, for example, the General Medical Council or the General Dental Council, check their registration number. Um, So that's very important. I think it's important to check how many years of experience they have and how long they've been doing cosmetic work. Ask about complication rates. That's so important because, you know, if if a doctor or, or a dentist cannot tell you how many procedures have gone wrong and what they've done in those circumstances, that's a red flag. Mm. And I think it's important to check their level of indemnity. Are they insured? And what happens if something goes wrong? Um, because the last thing you want is to be left in the dark or left in the lurch if you had a complication and, and to not know that you're going to be in safe hands and that something can be done to correct it. Mm. So those are a few of the things. I agree entirely. And I think that the thing that people don't realize is that sometimes on social media, those treatments, especially fillers, really carry huge risks. And we're talking about things like blindness, mm. like vascular, like necrosis. You can really lose part of your face. And people don't realize that it's not just a question of inject, opening a syringe and injecting it. It's if something goes wrong, the people, not medics, they don't, they cannot prescribe the enzyme mm. that will dissolve the fillers and reverse the occlusion and reverse the necrosis or not allow you to get to the stage of necrosis. So it's that it's that critical thing that people you don't know what you don't know, right? So I think it's we and I know we feel exactly the same and we are working so hard to educating the public saying, well I don't want to scare you, but I want to empower you with knowledge mm. so you can make an informed decision. And that's the reason why you come to us. And that's the reason why you pay those prices. So, you know, you also pay for your safety. Yeah, I was going to say, do you, you get what you pay for, basically? Exactly. Absolutely. Um, that makes total sense. I have a question here that says, it's no secret the aesthetic industry is unregulated. Is that right? Like, is that true? It's not regulated? It absolutely is unregulated. And really? it's astounding because... Oh, I see. So that's, sorry, that's just like how you can go and get Botox down in any old... Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. Okay. And it's, it's crazy because in the NHS, everything is so regulated mm-hmm. from, you know, what brand of a drug we can prescribe. So it just astounds me that this is an area of medicine where absolutely anyone, from a plumber to a gardener, can start injecting people's mm-hmm. faces after they've been on a half a day course. That is- wild it is and then you think you know those people are not accountable Mm. because they don't have a regulatory body so you know I I got contacted recently by someone who'd had a really awful botched job by someone who was masquerading as a cosmetic doctor but was actually a primary school teacher and she's been left traumatized after having eight mils of filler in her face at the age of 23 she'd only booked in for a lip procedure and you just think how is this allowed to happen and when she confronted the practitioner He wasn't willing to help her. Mm. But the problem is, who does she go to? Because she can't go to the police and she can't go to a regulatory body Mm. because there isn't one for such people. Whereas if a dentist or a doctor or a nurse, you know, you can actually go to their organization, file a complaint. So we're accountable and that accountability carries a huge amount of responsibility Mm. for us. Um, and should put trust in the patient. Mm, that makes total sense. Let's talk about affordability. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, you can rack up quite a bill um, tweaking your face. What yeah. What's a kind of affordable way to dip your toe in the water? If you want, if you know you want to kind of start somewhere. 
Yeah, that's a really good question. So I think so. The way I approach um, aging when I analyze my clients' face is very holistic. So I really go and and explain to you the way the aging process works, the different layers of the skin, and how ideally we want to go and address each layer. So the epidermis with medical grade skincare, the dermis with skin boosters, the subcutaneous layer with toxins or injectables. So then I can give you the most comprehensive treatment plan, which will be costly but we can work with your budget you can say look you can start for me the basic would be if you're in your 20s medical grade skincare and slowly build it up perhaps with um, baby Botox so with you know profiler so you can we you can start slowly based on your budget mm -hmm. something's better than nothing for sure it's just a question of being guided by a very ethical practitioner uh, they will say look you know this is my very honest opinion of course if you do everything the better but you can just start with small treatments you're nodding yeah i absolutely agree i think that's a very ethical and very fair ethos yeah. to have and i think actually sometimes you know patients will book in for multiple procedures not realizing that actually they don't need to spend that much mm. maybe they don't need so much and just starting like nina says with something like baby botox and a session of profilo will do them the world of good mm. they'll feel better about themselves and actually they come in and thank you because that yeah. trust that you build with that honest relationship that is what gives you a long-lasting relationship with your patient and that's what mm. carries a doctor through mm. you know years of success so I think actually that, that honesty is key to a successful mm -hmm. practice. Is there a kind of guide price for things like Botox filler, those kind of common uh, you know, treatments that people are going to you for? What what price is a red flag? You know, is like can you put a kind of starting price point on it? Such a great question. I wouldn't say I think there is definitely a price that you know you if if you get it done for that price you don't know what you're going to inject into your face. So I would say, so lip fillers for £100, £150, well, that doesn't even cost cover the cost for us to buy, you know, FDA approved, good dermal fillers. So it's, if you get your lips done for £100, God knows what you haven't injected. Mm. So I would say anything below £100, £150 for either toxin or fillers should be a massive red flag. Mm -hmm. Any trends that you see emerging that you think everybody should just absolutely avoid? Oh, goodness. The fox... <laughs> I've always been a massive enemy of the fox eye <laughs> trend. I think it's disgusting. So what exactly... This is the kind of Kendall Jennery <clears throat> pull, yeah. pull your eyes back thing, right? What exactly does that entail? So it's it's usually threads that are placed um, in the kind of upper outer quadrant of the, of the periorbital, so outer eye area. Uh -huh. It's a stitch, essentially that's placed under the skin to kind of lift and elongate the outer corner of the eye. But they have high complication rates. They can look incredibly unnatural. They don't last. They're expensive for what they are. And it is a passing trend. And I don't think it's anything that anyone should be having done. And I certainly don't. I don't do it in my clinic. I don't advocate it. And when patients ask for it, I just, I say it's not something that I do. You can absolutely get that look with makeup as well. Can't you? Like you really yes. don't start stapling your skin. Uh, Nina, anything else from you? Yes, I entirely agree with Bibi. I think maybe I would add personally uh, the flat Russian lips. I just mm. can't look at them. Uh, they just make me cringe. And those super massive snap jawlines where people, again, they don't have an idea that um, the more I get experience, 
the more conservative I get, and especially with fillers, especially for anyone 35 plus, especially the jawline, especially for women, because they have no idea, they it may look great on the side, but those super defined jawline, when you add on a, on a woman, um, two, three meals of fillers per side, when they turn the face, the face gets more masculine. Mm. So it's just a question of, yeah, uh, expanding the treatments. I agree also with the, with the fox eyes. And also what really makes me so angry is just this practitioner being dishonest because I do threads, but I know that those photos of fox eyes, it just doesn't last. That photo is very dishonestly being taken before you even cut the threads, before you release the, the, the packing of the skin. Mm. So you can't, even if you want to, you can't achieve that with threads. So it's just a misinformation and I can't stand dishonesty. Yeah. Um, so I agree. What is there a treatment that works for everybody? Like, is there one thing? I mean, it sounds like, Provilo, you'll tell me if I'm wrong, but you know, is, is there something that actually we could all, after a certain age, benefit from a little bit? Yeah, I think skincare and, and whether skincare entails medical grade products that you apply topically on the skin or whether it's an injectable moisturizer like Profilo or a skin booster. I think actually working to optimize your skin health um, works for everyone. There, there isn't anyone I can think of that that wouldn't be beneficial mm. for. And it's that's people with normal skin and people with problem skin. Mm. Yeah, it's true. It's, it, okay. There's no one who doesn't need moisturizer, is there? So I guess it's like that, right? Well, you say that, but actually too much moisturizer can be bad for you. So I used to, before I actually became a cosmetic doctor, I used to just pile on Body Shop's vitamin E face cream. It was yeah. one of my favorites. And yet I always had dry skin and I couldn't understand why. Mm. And it was the reason was because I wasn't using any acids. I wasn't yeah. using any exfoliants and my skin barrier was unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Hence it was so dry and the moisturizer wasn't working. Now, I do Profilo every six months, and actually, I use moisturizer two or three times a week, wow. which is insane for me, because mm. I used to have very dry skin. So, there's a, a serious benefit in having some knowledge of skincare. Mm, that makes sense. I mean, both of your skin, skins, mixes, are like, <laughs> ridiculous. It's basically what I think oh, about. What do, you, what do you use other than, other than um, injectables? What are the, the go-to products that you really rate, you know? So for me, uh, I just always do it all. I mean, I'm so I'm so happy. I'm in the industry. Um, yeah. I would just look 95 if not. Oh, do so me I, I do everything. How, can I ask you how old you are? 37. She looks Thank amazing, you. doesn't Ditch. she? <laughs> Thank Thank you. You. Thanks for my profession. <laughs> but I think for me, um, again, having had so I was I grew up in I'm Italian. Grew up in Italy with obviously at the time no knowledge of nothing. So I was somebody. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
everything with baby Johnson oil. Hence, I got really bad melasma, being Mediterranean. So for me, it's uh, my vitamin C and SPF daily. Literally, I don't, I'm so obsessed. And I know how it feels to have the pigmentation where you can't leave the house without such a thick foundation that even before I open the curtains in the morning, I cleanse my skin up with vitamin C and SPF. So that, for me, it just gave me that kind of safety and yeah, I would never leave the house without it. Any products you particularly love? Yes, I do love uh, Revision Skincare, uh, Vitamin C. I love the Alumia range very much. I love Medicaid. I love Zeta. So I love actually to combine. So I don't stick to uh, only one brand. I, again, um, I just love to use it myself and recommend to my clients what works. Um, so I normally, even for my clients, I create very bespoke plan combining different medical grade uh, brands. And I believe every brand has, uh, is their hero product. Mm. It's same as you were saying, every practitioner has got, you know, your, what you're best at. And, and yeah, so I love to do, you know, I think when you love what you do in your, whatever it is, then it's great to refer to other doctors that do perhaps other treatment better than you. Yeah. So you can really work as a team. F from my experience, it feels like you're all friends and everybody knows each other and it's all very you know it's all very lovely so that's that's good um bb any any products any skincare products that you also really swear by so for me i've got two game changer products that i use every day one's medicates uh c tetra which is a vitamin c which is in a lovely lipid uh, based serum i find that really helps with brightening the skin and helps with the softness of my skin. Mm -hmm. And then their crystal retinol range. So I've tried lots of retinols, retinoids. So vitamin A is one of the most potent anti-aging ingredients we have, but their crystal retinol is retinaldehyde, which people get confused about retinols. So retinol has to be converted to retinoic acid mm -hmm. before it can actually exert effects on your skin. But retinol needs to go through two conversion steps. Mm -hmm. Whereas retinaldehyde only has one conversion step. So it's 11 times faster than retinol. And it's this is a game changer product. They have five strengths. And that's something that I use every single night. Okay. Can that, obviously retinol, it needs to be balanced out with moisturizing products yeah. with hyaluronic you know is it the same is it particularly drying yes it can be so it's really important when people start retinol or retinoids to start slowly and wean the skin up so we usually recommend starting with twice a week for two weeks and then increasing to alternate nights okay. and then going to every night so when you do that and you uh, allow your, ch your skin a chance to acclimatize there's much less risk of sensitivity. But actually, you know what, this is one of the myths about retinol is, you know, your skin goes red and sensitive and irritated and people think that it's reacting, but actually that's the retinol working. Okay. So you want to see that. You want to see it, you just need to balance yeah. it out with, with moisturizer, yeah. Okay, let's talk through the face and what you can do to kind of every area of the face. We've talked quite a lot about skin under the surface. What can you do? I mean, let's, let's start with the nose, right? We all know that non-surgical rhinoplasty is the official uh, name filler nose job is what <laughs> I like to call it um that's obviously super popular what does that exactly involve so that basically in essence involves uh, injecting derma fillers in the nose either to perhaps correct a dorsal hump hide it mainly or create more definition in the nasal bridge or lifting the nose the nasal tip something else that I do is uh, threads so you can do put your threads in the nose that as well is considered non-surgical the the main benefit is to either uh, lift the tip of the nose or again just creating more definition now I can't stress enough how the nose and people 
don't know this, is the most risky areas of injection of the face. So the nose, the fillers in the nose is one treatment that, I mean, absolutely, you have to go to someone experience, to someone that does it all the time, because it's the most dangerous areas of, of, of injection. More than the eyes? More than the yeah. eyes. Yeah, what happened? Why? Because the, the thing is, uh, there are some, uh, in the nose, there's also, for example, if you try to correct high the dorsal hump, you need to inject in between the uh, bone and the skin. And in the nose, the skin is so thin, so there's basically, there's no space between the bone structure and, uh, and the skin. So it's very likely you can hit the arteries, which directly connect to your vision. So it's just a question of where the anatomical position of the blood vessels are mm -hmm. that it's so uh, it's likely that you can hit those vessels mm -hmm. and if the fillers blocks blood, one of those blood vessels you can likely get necrosis which means there's not enough blood going to the tissues on top of that so the tissues can die or it can actually the filler can embolize which means it can travel in the blood vessel and if you are unlucky it can go through your vision so that's possible and that's why the nose I know people I get all the time are you sure it's more risky than the eyes <laughs> um yes it is and yeah. people don't realize that yeah I mean that's quite a uh it's a warning a, war <laughs> a warning to anybody um I mean maybe it's literally magical isn't it how it, is it essentially an optical illusion when you have it done? It's, it is somewhat an optical illusion, but I think it's also artistry because um, you can have one practitioner who does a non-surgical rhinoplasty and it can look one way, and you can have another practitioner treat the same nose and it can look completely different. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, it's kind of like being a sculptor. It's a very subjective artistic treatment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, noses are are things which everyone has a different opinion about. You know, sometimes you see someone with a larger nose, but it suits their face. Mm -hmm. So it's a fine balance between adding filler and hiding certain bony prominences mm -hmm. and getting the light to bounce off of the nose in a way that can actually refract the light to make the nose appear slimmer, lifted, mm -hmm. straighter. So it's, yeah, a lot of it is to do with how light reflects off of the surface. It's literally genius. Does it work for anybody? I mean, are there noses that really would just benefit from surgical nose jobs? You're nodding me. <laughs> yes, for sure. So I think exactly. So I think sometimes people get too excited and they think they can really, we can fix anything. So I think anything to do with the tip. So whenever someone complains about, you know, really wide nose or large tip, well, there's not much we can do mm. really. So I would say mainly it's for noses that don't have much of a um, definition of the bridge, dorsal humps, but yeah, wide and bulbous tips. We can't do much about it. Okay. We've talked a little bit about the eye area. What else, tear troughs, we've talked about what else can one have done to improve the, improve kind of the look of the skin and to anti-age the skin around the eyes. So you can have Botox around the eyes, mm -hmm. uh, which will help um, the, the kind of fine lines and wrinkles in the outer eye area. Um, sometimes patients ask, can you target these little lines right under my eyelid? So below your lower lid, you know, sometimes that those bit. lines kind of creep across mm -hmm. and you get that crepey skin. Yeah. And actually I find that's one of the most challenging areas to treat because you have to be very careful if you're putting tox in there. Mm. Um, but there are certain types of dermal fillers, very, very light ones. When I say light, I mean not viscous, mm -hmm. that you can inject into crow's feet and you can even inject into the under eye area to help not for filling, but more for hydrating and give and targeting crepey skin. Okay. So that's becoming increasingly popular okay. as well. And the risk factor in that? 
again, it's it's a very dexterous technique. So it's yes, it is it is uh, risky in the sense that it can cause bruising and it can cause um, damage to the blood vessels mm -hmm. and all the things that Nina mentioned, like vascular occlusion. So it's it's a very delicate procedure. It needs to be done very very cautiously. Okay. Can you do anything about sagging skin above the eye, tweakment wise, or again, is that a is that a surgical thing? No, really. Again, a very challenging area. I always say there's no much we can do. The only thing perhaps could be radio frequency microneedling, um, something like from Aquagol to uh, RF to morphiosate. But otherwise, I normally say if you've got excess uh, upper eyelid, it's perfect uh, situation to have an upper blepharoplasty. Sometimes, very early stages, we can try to improve by lifting the brows with toxin. Mm. That can help slightly, but we can't target the upper eyelid per se. Okay. You touched on Morpheus H there, which we probably should have talked about when we talked about. In fact, what is that? Again, that's another kind of big trend, a name we keep hearing a lot. What exactly is Morpheus H? So morphiosate, um, it's a, a, a treatment that basically combines a radio frequency microneedling together. Um, I think there's, I believe there's so much confusion about that treatment. So the way it has been marketed is people may think it's a lifting treatment, whether it is not. It is what it helps with is skin retexturing, pigmentation, improving like crepey skin. So absolutely a great treatment mm. for most people, but it doesn't give you that non-surgical facelift of the lower um, face that people think and expect. So mm -hmm. I think, again, just a question of being very, very clear. Okay. And what exactly is the, is it something injected under the skin? Like what it's, exactly is it's, it? It's a, no, it's not injected. It's like a laser machine cool. where you basically, you have these uh, lots of needles mm -hmm. that uh, puncture your, your skin with some radio frequency. So it's, it feels like a, like a laser. It feels like it's, it's, it's actually painful. It's also quite painful. It sounds quite painful, mm. yes. Let's move on and talk about lips. Correct me if I'm wrong. I would have thought lips or lips are the thing that we see go wrong the most. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, and I think that's one of the treatments that has distorted the public's opinion, mm -hmm. especially male opinion yeah. on <laughs> on females getting dermal fillers. <laughs> is how I mean, how is it possible to get natural looking filler in your lips? Like, what what, what does that even look like? What, what should you be asking for if you want it to be natural? Absolutely, I think it's possible, and I think. The target or the, the key to achieving a natural looking lip is in the hands of the practitioner because there's a few things that are very relevant. It's firstly, the technique is so important um, because when you see lips that look unnatural, it's often to do with a poor injection technique. So one of the key things is keeping the border of the lip intact. Mm -hmm. If you protect the border, we call it the vermilion, the vermilion border. It's the kind of contour of the lip, like where you would put your lip liner. Mm -hmm. If you keep that intact, it's very unlikely that you're going to get complications. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you pierce through that with the needle, the filler can leak. And I think that's where a lot of injectors go wrong. They do this Russian lip technique. And then you get migration of the filler to the area above the lip. It ends up looking ducky and trouty and... And then the second thing that's super important is the quality of the lip filler. So you have lip fillers that can look absolutely awful if it's the wrong product. And you can have lip fillers that look like you've got the most magical lip plumping balm on your lips. Okay. So the product is very important. What product do you want? What, what should you be asking for? 
I mean, I'm biased because <laughs> I'm, I'm on the faculty for Tioxen and their uh, RHA2 and RHA3 dermal fillers are my favorites and they're my go-to for lips. So I, I use RHA2 for subtle, classy lips, RHA3 for more dramatic lips. And I've been using those for you know over five years and very, very consistent results. Okay. Um, if someone wants a much more subtle lip augmentation, then RHA2 is a brilliant product for that. Nice. Nina? I personally love um, Viva C Stylage for lips. One of my favorites. I also, Restylane is a good one. I moved away from Juvederm, but I would say there are really just a couple of brands that are safe and approved in UK. So uh, just ask one thing is ask, mm. ask what will be injected because when I see most of my patients that come unhappy with lips done with someone else, mm. they've got no idea where it's been injected. Mm. And first thing is, yeah, just ask. Okay, and so, and presumably starting with those names, those brand names, yes. you can't go wrong. What about the jawline? I mean, we touched on that before about how unnatural it can look. What are ways to create more definition without going for that kind of Johnny Bravo jawline? I think it's a question of, so for men, obviously you can go more, you can be less conservative and really go and inject and create really nice masculine jawlines with fillers all across the, the, the borders of the mandibles. I think with women, we have to be careful because I normally define the angle of the mandible uh, or sometimes in all the patient 35, 40, 45 plus, I can add in the pre-jowl sulcus here to kind of hide initial marionette lines appearing. I normally stay away from anyone that starting to develop any jowls, super careful not to inject there because you can actually create bigger jowl or heavier jowls. So just a question of, again, what products we injected and in which area and just being super careful not to over inject. If you have jowls that you don't like, what do you then do about that? Personally, my, so whenever I see any jowls appearing, I, I lift first before feeling I lift because I normally say fillers, fill and it on lift. So my two go treatments is a combination of Profilo and Endolift. I do quite a lot of Endolift which is a laser based procedure where um, you basically create the most effective internal non-surgical tightening of the skin and you can do uh, all along the lower face, underneath the chin and in the neck. Um, the skin tightening it lasts for about two years so it's more longer lasting than threads much safer because nothing stays in the skin and so I try to tighten lift first and then I do fillers afterwards. Okay. That sounds amazing. What about the neck? Obviously you know everybody knows that there's no no greater giveaway of treatment, surgery, whatever it may be than a kind of wrinkleless face and a wrinkly neck. What can one do to ensure that it's consistent? I think uh, prevention is key. So people shouldn't be exposing their neck to too much sun. This is one of the things that once once significant sun damage on the neck takes place, it's really hard to treat. Mm -hmm. So SPF on the neck is super important. Mm -hmm. Having regular profilo on the neck can really help. Having things like Morpheus 8 or radio frequency on the neck can be helpful as well. But better to prevent before you get to those painful Absolutely. stages perhaps. Anywhere else on the face worth touching on? I mean there's cheeks, there's filler. What is the best way to go about making your face look if you don't want to go down the slightly more uncomfortable profilo path? What is the best way to make your face look a little bit more plump and alive? Do you know, I think one of the most neglected areas that people don't, it's not a, it's not a trendy popular treatment, but it's one of those treatments where just a touch of dermal filler in the right place 
can have a massive impact is the mid face. So this is not the outer cheek, it's the mid cheek, kind of in line with the middle of your pupil mm -hmm. downwards. That's somewhere where you start to get fat loss from your kind of late 20s, early 30s. And putting anything from about 0.3 to 0.5 mil of dermal filler in that area can just automatically improve the projection of your cheek and your mid face. Mm -hmm. And it gives that kind of, you know, that kind of baby fat we, that we have when we're younger. It mm -hmm. gives that back to the face. Okay. Just that by itself can have a significant impact. Whilst we're on the topic of that fat disappearing, how, you know, obviously you can take collagen supplements. What do you recommend outside of the treatment sphere for keeping the face plump and keeping keeping that bounce there? Again, I would say it's just a stay away from the sun, medical grade skincare, absolutely from your early 20s, ideally, vitamin C and SPF daily, healthy lifestyle, no drinking, no smoking, absolutely no sunbeds. Um, it's all of that really. The reason one, one secret is mm -hmm. a combination of a lot of elements. Is there a stigma you'd like to get rid of around aesthetic treatments? I think one of the stigmas is that people who have aesthetic treatments mm -hmm. are vain. And actually, I don't think that's true. I think people who have aesthetic treatments are self-aware. And I think it's, it's this era now of wanting to look your best rather than being concerned with how you look. It's more a case of bringing out the best in your facial features and keeping them that way than making you look like a different person. Mm. So I think that's something that I, I try to advocate to patients that, look, this isn't something you're doing because, you know, you want to change how you look or you want someone to fancy you more or you want to you know, get a better job. It's something you're doing, improve your self-esteem to keep you happier with how you look. And, and it's something that you're doing for yourself, mm. which is always a good thing. I really feel that if you know, people who, are, who criticize it then really should be criticizing makeup and fake tan. Exactly. And, I mean, it's the same, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's the same. Nina, I can't let you go without explaining the golden ratio of beauty. I mean, that's your thing. What exactly does that mean? And how should we all be putting it into practice? So I've always been obsessed uh, with uh, beauty and aesthetics and I always wonder how, so are there any rules behind behind beauty? So the golden ratio is in essence what it is, is the fact that beauty has been studied for decades and centuries. And what they found is that yes, beauty is in the eyes of the beholder, but there also are, there's some maths behind this. So it basically means that there is, it's a ratio, it's a number, and we can measure the face and the closer the those two measures are to that number, the more it has been proven that a specific face can be perceived as more beautiful. So for this classic example is the lip, so the, um, the top lip has to be slightly smaller than the bottom lip, um, so it's all those ratios just put into, into numbers. But what I love about our job, and it's, it's so complex because it's a bit of maths, it's a bit of art, it is medicine. It just puts together everything that I love, which is, which is, you know, artistry, being a sculptor, and equally just being a medic. There's so much science and medicine behind it, and some math. So just a question of putting everything together. We've also talked a lot about women. We've only talked about women, really. Are more and more men coming to see you these days? They are indeed, and they are coming for skincare advice. Men are becoming ever aware of the impact of good skincare. They're trying to keep up with their female counterparts in terms of looking good. Men are increasingly interested in under eye fillers. Yeah. Um, I think they realize that that can make you look very haggard and tired. Mm. 
and also jawlines seems to be quite popular with with men as well as non-surgical rhinoplasty those tend to be the treatments that they ask for if anything it almost should be more popular with men because we've kind of got all these you know we've got makeup and all these other things at our disposal whereas I guess they're kind of stuck with what they've got so yeah (laughs) makes sense if people listening are considering having treatments done where do you recommend to go what are the resources to go to to either find the best practitioner to find out which type of filler they want to use you know all the things that we've talked about all the things you said are so important where do you get that information from i think it's a combination of uh you can definitely start on social media you can go on google but what you have to look for is a bb set so you have to look at the person first of all is a doctor dentist or not nurse prescriber then you want to have a look at the before and after photos. You want to go to someone that their aesthetic eye aligns with your idea of beauty as well. Uh, And then go ahead and have consultations, really. I'm a big believer in gut feelings and see the person you feel comfortable with, ask questions, because sometimes you can't gauge from the website uh, exactly what products can be used. So go meet uh, practitioners, have consultations, ask questions and gather all the information and see what you feel more comfortable with. Yeah, absolutely. I think those are all very, um, very good points. And I think also looking at reviews online is important mm-hmm. because you will see honest opinions from people. And I think it's important to have a look at, see if the practitioner has actually disclosed when something's gone wrong. Okay. You know, it's it's very, none of us want to, want to say that we, we don't do good work, but it's honesty is important and if you can present a case where okay this is something that went wrong but this is how I fixed it that creates trust and it's transparent and I think that's very important as well good I hope people listening appreciate what integrity you both have around I think there's so many stigmas and it's it's so refreshing for many I think to hear that it is um, a medical practice taken very seriously all right thank you both so much uh, for more information about both Dr. Nina Bell and Dr. Bibi Galai. I mean, head to their Instagram accounts. It's it's all there. You can click through to, to both of their practices um, to find out more information there. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any feedback at all, please do email podcast at shalax.com. We love hearing from you. Don't forget also to rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.